This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Before we like dive in, just uh, wanna uh, let y'all know we're really, really grateful you're here. We're gonna just introduce you and talk about your story and the book. We are we we want to um, humanize you and um, Tyler as much as possible. So we want to know about you know your your life together, um, his early life. What was he like growing up? Um, the events and then the book and the foundation and we'll just have a great conversation sound okay yeah okay <laughs> all right um oh uh actually i don't have anything else to say i'm going to start <laughs> um all right so um on december 23rd 2020 tyler kobe nichols was murdered in broad daylight when walking home after getting a haircut around brooklyn Tyler's senseless murder devastated his surviving family members, friends, and community. Since Tyler's death, in collaboration with photographer Spencer Ostrander and author Paul Oster, Tyler's family created a book called Long Live King Kobe, following the murder of Tyler Nichols, which documents one family's grief in order to give shape to the human faces devastated by violence. Tyler's mother, Shermra, also became the founder and director of Long Live King Kobe of New York State, a nonprofit organization. And the goals of LLKK are to support the families and friends of victims of violence and to fund outreach programs for troubled youth. Now, with that, we just want to introduce our guests, um, Ms. Sherma Chambers, who's Tyler's mother. Hello. Um, Tyler Yusebe. Hi. Hi. <laughs> uh, Tyler's brother and Sp Spencer Ostrander, the photographer involved in the project. Um, so welcome, y'all, to our show. And thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. Um, I have a, a weird warm-up question. Um, now I know that Ms. Sherma, you are from St. Vincent. Yes. Is that correct? Now yes. my family's Garifuna from Belize. Um, I was just curious because uh Garifuna people have St. Vincent roots. And so I was just curious yeah, if you are you Garifuna as well? No, my other oh. half, he's Garifuna, but I'm not. <laughs> okay. Okay. I was just curious. Um, <laughs> um, well, it's really, really great to have y'all here. Before we get into the beautiful book and the foundation, um, we'd like to know more about y'all and Tyler and your lives and your family. So um, tell us about 
um, Tyler's early life, your family together? What um, sort of take us there, if you would mind? So um, we, uh, like you said, we're from St. Vincent originally, but we Tyler grew up in a home. Um, we live on East 8th in Beverly with, in Brooklyn, and we've been living in this home for 31 years. So Tyler born and grew here. Right now, I'm upset by my mom. It's like a multi, uh, multi-family home. And um, this is where the boys, all my boys, I have three boys. Um, they all grew up here, born and grow here. Tyler was the youngest of my three boys. And he was just a very goofy, loving he, he will antagonize you all day long, but it's all about having fun. He's always in good spirit. Um, I would tell people all the time that I, I had Tyler's birthday. His original date of birth was May 27th. And because I didn't want him to be a Gemini, I had him May 7th, two weeks early. <laughs> How did you manage that? <laughs> all my kids, all my kids, I had um, a C-section. So oh, it was always, okay. my doctor gave me the truth. He's like, you can have him early. But I said, well, I want to have him early because my father was Gemini and I, I, Gemini people, they're a little bit crazy. But <laughs> the reason why I'm telling you this story is even though I had Tyler May 7th, Tyler always had that Gemini trait to him. So it depends on who wakes up in the morning. Mm-hmm. If Tyler wakes up, he's going to have a blessed day. If <laughs> Tyler wakes up, leave him alone for a few and let him come to you. But Got you. he was an amazing person. And that's the reason why his legacy has to live on. Thanks to this man right here and everything, Kareem and everyone and all the things that we're doing, his legacy has to live on. Yes. That's beautiful. Um, I don't know if you want to add anything about Ty. I mean, I could go on days and days and days, but I, I was listening to you, Antina, and just thinking of, um, you know, that quote that I said where he was just the sharpest edge of the family. He was uh, someone that exuded ultimate love. Um, he was with his girlfriend for 10 years at 20 wow. years old. Um, he 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 literally absorbed all the characteristics characteristics of uh, all of us in the family. So we all felt like a piece of him lived, a piece of us lived in him, and um, never left the house. Very rarely, always there for grandma. I mean, the amount of maturity and and um, and charisma in him was just was just out of this world. So that's beautiful. It, it, there's no words to really sum up Tyler. <laughs> he was just a massive human. That's yeah. beautiful. Thank you. And what was your home like? Um, I imagine um, you've oh, been there for 30 years and a multi-generational, big, big family. I, I, I'm i familiar. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so what was what was all that like, um, you know, back in the so, day? I will tell you that I tell I would say it all the time. My boys, I discovered the neighborhood through them. Like after they were born and they started venturing out on the block, that's how I met a lot of like the neighbors and stuff like that. I keep saying it. The home, my back room is a community center. Mm. The boys, imagine three generations of boys and they're bringing all their friends. So imagine how many other boys on the, <laughs> they come over, they hang out, they play video games. That's how we live. And we were always Thanksgiving, we're together. 
Christmas we're together. We will all meet by my mom's and she'll cook and everybody's welcome to come and hang out here and have dinner or whatever it is. And mm-hmm. just celebrate it. And I'm glad that my boys were able to have that type of life. Like they yeah. grew up in love. They grew up in love. They grew up with the whole family because the night of the incident, everyone was here. Kareem, Chris, like everyone was in the house because that's we're always together. That's the way it always was. Always, always, always together. Um, Early in the summers for them, I put a pool in the backyard and that's where they hang out. Nice. So it, it's always something going on at East 8th Street. Got with you. With their friends. And Got they, you. It's always welcome. And it sounds lovely. Yeah, it sounds amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking... Um, I would love come and to. Visit. Can I come over? Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, this is Gary Chahot welcoming you to check out the French History Podcast. Our main show covers the history of France from the first humans until present. If you liked Mike Duncan's The History of Rome and wanted a similar program covering the land of beauty, culture, and love, we are exactly that. We also host world-renowned scholars who have delivered guest episodes on their specialties, including 18th century pirates, revolutionary booksellers in 20th century Paris, the special friendship between the Marquis de Lafayette and Thomas Jefferson, and numerous others. Learn what you love and listen to the French History Podcast today. Now, I guess sort of moving on. um, So everybody was there that day. Was it a normal day? Was there anything unusual about um, that particular time of day, that particular time of year? Sort of um, take us to um, it's it's Christmas time, right? Uh, So you all are preparing for holidays. I imagine that could amplify the amount of people that are around a lot of uh, maybe more family than usual, Uh, you know, people out of school, people off work. So what was going on in, in your lives at the time? What were you preparing for? If you don't mind painting the setting. Shamari is my oldest and Shamari's birthday was December 22nd, the day before I left. Oh my gosh. So the following day, we're all preparing for Christmas. That's we're a big Christmas family. Mm-hmm. The pajamas, the whole nine. My mom <laughs> bakes cake. Mm-hmm. I we're very much a Christmas family. I was at work. I'm gonna let Kareem finish it up because he was here. But I was at work. But basically, we we were preparing to celebrate Christmas. Right. And Tyler and Shane was preparing to celebrate um, one of Tyler's close friends from school, Kessler, who his birthday was actually December twenty fourth. So there was a lot of planning around 
that time. A lot of activities. Yes, yes. Kareem was home. Kareem, you want to take it from there, seeing that you were at the house? Yeah, I'll take it from there. Um, So, yeah, it's tough. As you're talking, Auntie, like my whole brain is shifting. You know, it's like um, every time we re-enter this conversation, it's like a, it's like a transportation kind of. But um, Auntie's right. We were preparing for a wonderful Christmas. <laughs> we just now had the moment of Shamari's birthday. And one thing I wanted to touch on was the night before in Shamari's birthday, we were in the back room, which is everybody collects in the back room. And um, Tyler was sitting above all of us and recanting his life. We were going into parts about his life that I didn't even know. He was, he told me he was a fence. He was doing fencing. He was doing steel pan. He was doing all these things. Wow. And he was like, he was like, even, um, there was a, it was a time of a performance where like every, everything stopped. And then I put a little, but boom, boom, boom. It's so goofy. So we're all looking at him, looking above at him. And listening to this moment, I'm just like in awe. Like I, I view my family as celebrities. So then the next day, the, or the next day now we're preparing. Or yeah, the next day now we're preparing for Christmas. Uh, we're home, and what happened that night is a complete contrast. A beautiful family laughter and moment. We were watching these guys in Europe. There's some type of a a challenge or a sport where they slap each other and we watch these guys flop, <laughs> flop and die. I'm like, why do they do this? And we're laughing, having a big moment. And then the door swings open. Suddenly, the door swings open. I look out and Ashley, his girlfriend of 10 years, says, Kareem, Tyler's leaking. And it, it was just room, like a tr- complete transportation. And we all go running up the street. So when I reach to Tyler, He's looking at me. He looks at me briefly. He's propped up against the wall. Now, this is our street. This is our block where we grow and, and live all. This is what we know. What is Tyler doing on the block bleeding here? Tyler's not in any gang. Tyler's not in any activity that would put him in such a predicament. Why is he here? Sit. So Shane says he's bleeding. And I'm sorry, I have to, every time I get into this, I have to go into the details just to, but like, I don't know if it's tough to hear, but I'm sure it is. But, you know, Shane says, Kareem, he's bleeding. And then I take off my jacket and I lift up his shirt and, you know, I see uh, three wounds. So I'm pressuring the wounds and I'm grabbing Tyler by the back of the head and screaming at him, Tyler, Tyler, stay here. Like, it's, I mean, a complete contrast. At the same moment, his dog of his pit bull um, was going crazy, attacking everyone. The ambulance came and I didn't know this, but they cannot get out the car until the police arrived and I was confused why they were stalling they were just in the car there and I'm holding Tyler listening to his lungs listening to the liquid and I know what's going on yeah so the night progresses I hear my my, my, my brother Chris uh, call auntie, auntie and say hey um you know he has auntie on the phone and says something happens to Tyler that's when auntie kind of she was at work and um every everyone was there my this is for christmas so everyone was home so um tyler gets lifted into the into the ambulance and head to a hospital we actually head i went to i don't know how auntie i don't forgot how you got there but now hang lights trying to get to the to the hospital and it's it it was there where shamari my tyler's brother who had the birthday the day before called and let me know that tyler died so 
it was you could just imagine uh, hearing an alien language co mm -hmm. coming to your ears. Like, what what are you saying to me? And now I had to. I was bestowed with the responsibility to tell Auntie, who's mm -hmm. who's walking with me, that he died. So I just broke. I could. I don't know the words. Literally got stuck in my in my brain, my chest, wherever words are, got stuck. And then she basically knew what you know, um, what I was going through there. So, yeah, it it, it our family was taken from a place of bliss. I'm not gonna lie. When I under, when I analyze families and how their structure is, and look at our family, we are so close, all living in the same house, all so intertwined with each other. We were just taken into a different galaxy. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I, 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 um, just want to thank you for, um, taking us there. Uh, I, the intention of this interview is not to re-traumatize y'all in any way. So if, if there's something we oh, ask, no, no. please. Oh, no, 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 no. Don't, we um. Talk, we talked about this on, sorry to interrupt you, but we, I know, I, I respect that you said that, but we've talked about this and trained, um, our minds to get back to this place numerous times. So, um, thank you for giving us the opportunity to talk yeah. about it and, and not only heal from within, but also show people the, the, the transparency of going through something like this to open conversations where others can heal as well. So you are giving us an opportunity yeah. to heal. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so, uh, I guess before you get to the hospital and there's, a, there's things that happen, right? Uh, Tyler goes to get a haircut. He's walking with his older brother. Um, yeah. And Shit. as they're walking down the sidewalk, um, I, I understand he, um, one of them looked into a car and, but kept walking. It was nothing. It was nothing. It was just nothing. a glance. It, it's just a glance. Yeah. And then glance. they, the, the gentleman in the car took it the wrong way and um, no. made if, a... If it wasn't even taken the wrong way. <laughs> they just, Shane simply looked in the car as anyone would. They were walking, they passed, they crossed the street and walked in between a parked car and a double parked car. And Shane simply took a human look in a move and people. Yeah, like you look car, around, you look around when you're walking down the street. Yeah. They were on demon time. Yeah. They got out the car and said, what the F are you looking at? And and uttered crib, su whoop, uh, I think it's su whoop, or crib, I forget oh, what it is. And, like yeah, and then um, and then went and approached Tyler. Uh, oh, so, sorry to interrupt you, but I wanted to give, uh, can I go into that, Andy, yeah. can I? Yeah. Okay, so so Shane simply looked in the car, the guys come out, the driver, the, the passenger comes out and said, what the F are you looking at? Shane says, hands up. What are you what are you talking about? <laughs> Completely unaware of what the situation is. The guy goes to hit Shane. Tyler then hits the guy. They called out three other people. So now it's two against five. Mm -hmm. Tyler goes and hits the guy who tried to hit Shane. Tyler was a little bit bigger, a little bit taller. He was kind of the, the physical protector of his bigger brother. He hits the guy. The driver comes out and stabs Tyler in the back. And, and this happened in under 25 seconds, this whole occurrence. So then Tyler, and I, we don't really stress this enough, but Tyler had to make a decision of whether he's going to deal with his body. Something is going on in my body. Something happened to me. 
or I'm going to save my brother who was on the ground in a fetal position getting beat up. Mm-hmm. Tyler chose to go and save his brother. That's when he, too much going on, the guy came and stabbed him three times in the front. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he, Tyler literally died saving, trying to save his brother. So the, the guys left, ran off, and Tyler Shane is trying to get Tyler home now. Mm-hmm. Tyler gets up and looks at Shane and says, bro, I think I got stabbed. I, you know, all this time we, we, we're assessing this and processing this. Tyler, even in that moment, did not scream or, or, or carry on crazy. He kept his composure and looked at Shane and said, I think I got stabbed. And he certainly did. He dropped down. Shane tried to get him walker. Walk. They wanted to just get home because they were mm-hmm. on the block. Yeah. So they're just trying to get home. Tyler collapses again and then another, a third time and that's when we ran up to him and last thing I wanted to say is that he went I looked at him and I, we don't know if he died there or died on the way or what the situation is but he went out I saw his eyes rolled back and I just want to iterate that he went out of this world in honor and poise he did not go screaming or, or carrying on he went with honor so um the, the power of this angel that we talk about now is, is just astronomical. Mm. astronomical. Thank you so much. I, th- I also think that has to be a testament to your family, right? And the, and the strength and values and all the, all the training up that's been done since he was the moment he came into this world. And that has to um, come from y'all, I imagine, and everybody who was in his life who loved him and helped um, help train him up. So thank you so much. Um, when about, I, I guess I'm wondering about how you know all this stuff, the investigation. Um, there must have been police involved to help figure out how all this went down. Um, what What happened after you determined that um, he had been um, attacked violently and um, murdered, essentially. What what happens next after you get that news? So after everything happened and we got to the hospital, that's when it really started becoming clear for me because like Kareem said, I found out in the car heading to the hospital that Tyler had passed. Once I got there, my intention was for me to be able to see him. And that's when everything came full front that this is not just my child dying this is actually a murder because they said his body was a part of evidence Mm -hmm. and I could not see him. Then that's when I spoke to the detectives and they explained everything to me, what happened. And like two days after they came to the house and they said, you know, they promised me they're going to try their best to find who did this to Tyler because they said they had a lot of good footage. Mm -hmm. So how did... They had uh, surveillance cameras in the neighborhood? Yeah. Or... Oh, okay. okay, okay. Where the incident took place was on Turner and Coney Island. Mm-hmm. And there's a school right there. So okay. there's a school right there. And there's a lot of commercial buildings there. So they mm-hmm. were able to get a lot of good footage as far as, you know, to determine who actually did the stabbing. And thank right. God that that gentleman was wearing light um, hoodie. They were able to pick him out to say, well, this is the person who actually had that incident with Ty. Right. So in March, Ty got killed in December. In March, that's when they actually made the arrest of the young man mm-hmm. who's being accused now. So he's currently um, incarcerated. We're waiting for the, the trial. 
Has the trial date been set? Not yet. Our okay. next date to go back to court will be September 13th. September 13th. Got it. Okay. Yes. And uh, has the district attorney's office or the um, the prosecutors, have they been supportive and helpful to you and your family? Yes. The district attorney, he has been very helpful. He's very open. You know, he keeps touch with me and let me know what's going on. You know, Kareem is also involved with him calling him and touching base because we're trying to get this trial on as fast as possible, but without pushing them, because mm-hmm. I want to make sure there's absolutely no no stone left unturned. Right. right now, they only have one person in incarcerated, which is the gentleman who's accused of stabbing Ty. Mm-hmm. Um, I would really like for them to actually get all of them, but right now I'm settling for what you know we have because I really don't want Tyler's debt to go in vain. Right. But at the same time, the gentleman who is being accused, he also destroyed his life too. Right. And right. Um, I kind of have mixed emotion about that because I, I really would like to talk to him and just ask why. Because you 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 did not know this young man. Right. You don't know from nowhere. Right. I mean, if it's not like you want to throw down and have a fish fight, come on. But you you pulled out a knife and stabbed him and took his life yeah so so senseless right I really um I I think that's remarkable that you would like to speak to him um one of the things we consider on our show sometimes is what justice really looks like you know (laughs) does it mean locking locking up everybody putting everybody um behind bars or is it a combination of that and something else so um will they give you an opportunity to talk to him I asked the DA, I had asked him, you know, ahead of time. I've never asked him again. I'm hoping that I can get a chance to speak to him because even at the end of the trial, I don't want to speak to him in court. I literally would like to go and sit with him on a one-on-one. Have an actual conversation. Yes, to have an actual conversation. And to be honest with you, the foundation that we started, my intention, we have so much plans for our foundation because part of the foundation is helping other families like us mm-hmm. don't have anyone around. I'm very, very lucky to have the family that I have and the support that I have. A lot mm-hmm. of, I've met a lot of mothers who don't have that. Yeah. Part of our foundation is to assist them and also the young men on the streets. Right. To help them to know that you have other choices than picking up a knife, picking up a gun. You have other choices. Mm-hmm. So this young man, if I could speak to him and his incarceration, he could turn over a new leaf and realize that what he did to other family, what he did to his family. And if he can come out and pay it forward to speak to other young men and let them know that his action, what he went through and he can turn over a new leaf, I would, I'll be there to support him to be, believe it or not, because wow. it, that's, that's the Tyler. That's how that's the spirit of Tyler. Yes, that's the spirit. Because if he has a problem with you, he will speak to you, tell you how he feel, Mm -hmm. move on. Next. Got you. Yeah.
I'm an American vigilante. I have a question for you. What would you do if someone you cared about was abducted, taken from you? Would you call me? Would you care about how I got them back? Download American Vigilante now. Hey, podcast listeners, I'm Paul Brandis introducing my podcast, Countdown to Dallas. It's a fascinating, in-depth look at the seemingly unconnected events that led to the assassination of President John F. Kennedy. It's based on my book of the same title. In that book and in this podcast, I go all the way back to 1939, when Lee Harvey Oswald was born into a troubled and dysfunctional family. I'll follow his transient and often violent teenage years and young adulthood, painting a fuller picture of the man who would later become Kennedy's killer. I also take a look at events unfolding in that era, like Cuba and Vietnam, and I'll unpack the conspiracy theories, too, not one of which has ever been conclusively proven. Subscribe to Countdown to Dallas at evergreenpodcasts.com or your favorite listening app, October 31st. I wanted to ask about sometimes when a young Black man um, succumbs to violence, the narrative is completely out of, of the family's control. And they spin it into something that it might might not be accurate. And so I'm wondering, what was the narrative? What has been the narrative? What are people getting wrong about your family's story and Tyler um, that perhaps you would want to correct and help us um, get that out? That's so funny that you mentioned that because in, in the beginning of this whole journey that we're on, I remember his dad telling me he was speaking to one of his co-workers and telling her that his son got murdered. And you know, and she looked at him and she said, just like that? Nah, something else must be going on. And this is why I want to tell, tell a lot of people that if my son was involved in anything, I would have said, yep, I feel bad, whatever, I'm grieving, but this is what. My boys grew up in peace. They 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 don't know about the streets. Shane, Tyler's brother, told me the other day, he said, mommy, I wasn't prepared for the streets. He said, my first fight and I lost my brother. He Mm -hmm. feels as though he didn't protect Tyler because he's the older brother. Mm -hmm. Like I said, you can come to the house and see the boys. That's all they know is about goofy and having fun and just doing crazy stuff in the house, just hanging out. There's, There's no, no. And I'm glad that the boys who I have now, his friends and everyone, that they're still around and they're keeping, because it could have flipped to where they think that they got to go out there and, and figure stuff out and, and get vengeance for Tyler. none of that. They support me in the foundation. We have functions. They're there. Mm-hmm. I'm speaking today at um, a survivor service. Um, for Mothers for Safe City, one of the mm. organizations that I belong to. I'm uh-huh. speaking to them. A lot of them are coming out with me to support and, and be there, you know? Right. That's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I think is um, 
if you're paying attention and uh, is apparent now is that um, gun violence is is kind of a fact of American life, but specifically, and I don't want to get off topic too much, but my neighbors, um, one of them was shot in the home a few days ago. And um, the grief is it's in the air. It's palpable. Right. And I don't know how that family is going to move forward. It's a club nobody wants to be a part of. Right. And so I guess that's where the book and the foundation comes in. But if you wouldn't mind sort of telling us how that all happened. I'm gonna let you speak about this. <laughs> so, so this book, Long Looking Kobe, was actually kind of um, a chance accident. That book, um, I was doing another book called Bloodbath Nation, which is comes out this January, and it's a it's a book about gun violence in America. And for two and a half years, I traveled around the country and I photographed locations of mass shootings to give a a certain symbolism to see how American society values or doesn't value the dead and the violence that we live in. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was doing that project in collaboration with uh, Paul Oster. At one point in that project, I wanted to start going to funeral homes because funeral homes have different laws than hospitals or and because of COVID, I couldn't go to morgues. Mm-hmm. And so I started cold calling funeral homes. and. I went to a funeral home that was empty on a Friday, January 8th, and they said, come back on a Sunday. There's a death of a 21-year-old who was shot. Mm-hmm. And he said, if, if the mother gives you permission, you can you can stay for the funeral. I said, thank you. I came back on Sunday. I met Sharma. <laughs> I looked at her. I we, There was an instant connection with Sharma. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I saw, I saw what she was going through, and she gave me permission. And I really felt her. Mm-hmm. I left. I went home, I looked up the case, and I found out that Tyler was was stabbed, not shot. So I had this moral dilemma, you know, what do I, it doesn't fit into the narrative of the gun book because he was stabbed, but I also met this woman and I, and I, and I've, I've, I saw this family. Mm-hmm. So she but called. You left out the most important thing and I'm sorry. Oh, no <laughs> this, apologies needed. This gentleman. As he approached me at the funeral home, he said, you know, he told me what he was doing. And then he said, I know you don't know me from anywhere, but can I give you a hug? And I said, okay. And I swear to you, it was the most genuine hug I've ever received from a stranger. Wow. I was I was in awe. And for so, like he said, it's like if we made a connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I saw his face and I felt him feeling what I was feeling at the yeah. time. Mm, that's remarkable. Wow. Yes. Continue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I went home and, you know, I was really moved and, and really shaken up by, by just the funeral. And a week later, I get a phone call from Sherma and she said, you know, I was going through my wallet and I came across your thing, your your name and phone number. Would you be willing to come by and hear about Tyler? And I said, mm-hmm. sure. You know, if, if you'd like to, to talk, I'd be I'd love to listen. And so I came over and I brought my camera. I met Kareem and Chris and, you know, I just fell for this family. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just started documenting. I went home at the time my wife and I were staying with her parents, her father, Paul, the, the collaborator. Mm-hmm. And I start showing these, these photos to them. And I start telling them about the story that I'd heard. And we're all sitting around this table crying, talking about looking at these photos and we all collectively said, let's do something. You know, this is, this is a story that needs to be told. You know, this, 
when you talk about 120,000 people a year being shot, when you talk about, you know, this amount of violence, you think about it in this abstract term. Mm -hmm. Very seldom is the story about the family that is forced to live with this. And is that number of people that are injured every year or killed every year, how many millions of families are in trauma right? and this intergenerational trauma that gets passed down. And mm-hmm. so what I wanted to do with this project is I wanted everybody to have a voice mm-hmm. and I wanted everybody to be able to express their grief and share it with one another mm-hmm. as part of a healing process. And this family, this is just a hardworking family. This is not, they were not anti-violent activists before this. They were forced to become anti-violent activists because violence hit their family, mm-hmm. you know? And so what they've done with this foundation is it's changed. I mean, it's, it's the purpose of one of the main purpose of their lives yeah. is keeping Tyler's tradition going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how the project came about. Yeah. And then we just, we met a, a, a great publisher that, that was willing to do it and give all the proceeds to the, to the nonprofit. Wow. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And the book came out in May, correct? Yeah. yeah. Three days after Tyler's birthday. Wow. wow. Um, I read the book and I just, I, I just commend y'all. It's, it's beautiful. I don't think I've seen anything like it. And one of the things that is, I mean, death is certain for all of us. But I don't think anybody or anything can prepare you for a sudden, violent, tragic end for somebody that you love. And so it was just really, really beautiful to see the stories and the photos and the memories. And um, I think, Spencer, you mentioned as part of the grief process, I feel like this should be part of everybody's grief process. It's just I don't I this is my first time meeting you. and I'm so grateful. But I sorry, I felt like I know you. I knew you a little (laughs) bit and I knew Tyler. And I'm really grateful for that. And so I'm so I'm really glad you put it out into the the world and um, for sharing it with us. I think. Yeah, it's it's really moving. Yeah. There's also something that's simply remarkable about this family. It's not it's not a normal family. <laughs> what do you mean by that, Spencer? <laughs> the, the, the openness, you know, everybody allowed everybody who I spoke to was completely honest and was totally forthcoming and wanted to to take me in, you know. Um, I feel like I'm now a member of the family. Yes. You know, and it's, it's just this, it's this warmth and it is this such a tight group of, of people that really support one another. And you see that with, with the way people spoke about one another and, and their concern and consideration towards what other family members were feeling or friends were feeling. And like I said that this, when Spencer started coming to the house, this was like two weeks after we laid tied to rest. Mm-hmm. So once we started, our grief was raw. Yeah. It was yeah. real. Like I look at the pictures of everyone's eyes. Like you can look at our eyes and tell what was happening at that time. Right. And she said it to Spencer. He said, this book summed up the last five months of my life because 2021, we we just went through that year not even realizing all we were all stuck December 23rd, 2020. That's mm-hmm. where we were. Yeah. 21 came. Yes, we did things to get through, but we were all still stuck. I'm yeah. still stuck on December 20, 23rd, 2020. Yeah. You know, but that book was part of our healing. It's part of our healing process. Yeah. I um I just think that's incredible. Um, I understand that with your foundation, you are helping other families who are part of this um, undesirable club. Uh, that's what we call it. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Helping other families um, heal. So can you tell us about that? So we, so far, I think we had three healing sessions. Um, I think our most powerful healing session was one I call a mother's loss, where I invited eight moms. I invited them to come out and speak. Just speak about your loved one. Speak Mm -hmm. about, tell your story. Mm-hmm. And um, one of my girlfriends at the time, I invited her. We went to school, to high school together. And I found out that her son was um, killed. But I thought that he was killed by someone else. I didn't know the whole story because we never got in that depth. Mm-hmm. And come to find out, he actually had mental illness. Oh. And he took his girlfriend's life. Oh, no. Then he took his own. Mm. So when I spoke to her that week, she was very much, she was like, Shema, I don't know if I could speak. It's really bad this week. And I told her, I said, well, just come out for support. If mm-hmm. you don't want to, you don't have to. Mm-hmm. And she came out and she got the nerve up to come and speak. And she started speaking. And I think that's the first time Cindy ever released mm-hmm. what she was carrying inside. Mm-hmm. And the other mothers, I had a few other mothers there from a mother's group. They all just was like, can we come up? Can we come up? And we said yes. And they all came up and we all formed a circle around her. Mm-hmm. And one of the moms, she's like, she lost her kid, her son 27 years ago. Yeah. She's she's like been through this. And she just held her and started praying and praying. And mm-hmm. we all, was just, it was so powerful. Wow. And I said, it's to say, like I said, a lot of people don't have that outlet. And a lot of people think if we don't talk about it, it will go away. But me talking about Tyler helps me. It strengthens me. I had his phone the other day just going through his phone. I have to show yeah. you these videos. <laughs> I had his phone going through his phone. And my other half said to me, you sure you want to do that right now? Mm-hmm. Getting ready for bed. And he saw me mm-hmm. tearing up. But mm-hmm. even though the tears were flowing, it just strengthened me. And yeah. I was laughing because there was a video there with me. I was smoking a cigar, uh-huh. some wine in the back. And uh-huh. the day he was there with me, talking uh-huh. to me, but he was videotaping me. Uh-huh. <laughs> he was like videotaping me. and like, yeah, that's what you're doing, cigar lady. And I just started laughing because that's what I have now. Yeah. And I'm going to cherish that because no matter what I do, it's not going to bring Ty back, but yeah. I am going to carry on his legacy. Beautiful. Carry on his legacy. Yes. And so you do that with the book, you do that with the foundation. Um, and I guess I'm wondering what else gives you the energy and the strength to keep on going through the grief? That's, that's a very good question. How are you taking care of yourself? That's a very, because my therapist last week, I, uh-huh. I, because I started going to therapy and my therapist, right says, on. Kim asked me that same question. She said, I know what gives you strength and I know what has you going on. Everything, right. anything to do with Tala. She said, but you have to come back to Sherma and center what makes Sherma happy yes. without doing things for Tyler. So that's mm-hmm. my homework. So okay. I can't answer you on that yet because I haven't figured it out yet. Okay. <laughs> well then 
I will follow up with you because I want to know. I can't wait to find out how Anything you are that able has to do, to do with Tyler right now. That's what we just had a basketball tournament because mm-hmm. Tyler was a big basketball fan. That's right. He I saw a picture of him. He met Kobe. Yeah. And that's yeah. why you named Tyler him after Kobe. And I didn't even I was I just love Kobe Bryant. So I named him, you yes. know. But he loved basketball and we just had a tournament. Mm-hmm. Um July 23rd. Mm-hmm. Tyler's girlfriend actually put it together, but we had over a hundred boys. We had eight teams uh-huh. and they came out there and they played with such, I knew Ty was there going, oh my God. The, the <laughs> went into double overtime. Wow. wow. That's now- how much they were fighting for those <laughs> trees. Wow. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Hey, yeah. what, what position did Tyler play? What did he play? I think it's guard. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I think he was a shooting guard. I think he was shooting guard because he's Tyler was very tall. Uh-huh. And he has a little bit of body, a little bit more body than Shane. But yeah, yeah. I think he's a shooting guard. Okay. He's one of his friends. The last second of the game mm-hmm. scored for the green team to win. The, the, literally the last Wow. Second. Wow. Oh my gosh, like a movie. Yeah. <laughs> I was so honored. So yeah. honored. He was like, Ty, I told you I'm going to play for you. I told you. Uh, oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. I got goosebumps. Yeah, me too. <laughs> wow. Go to the Long Live King Kobe um, Instagram. We have pictures up. And oh, y'all got an Instagram. Fantastic. I can't wait. Okay. Yeah. So you could go there and you'll see all of our healing session and the basketball tournament. And at the tournament, I spoke to the boys and I told them, you know, this is what we do keep them off the streets. I explained mm-hmm. to them about doing things. And if they know about someone who's going through something, you know, speak about it. I said, because we don't want to go down. I said, I know a lot of you are looking at me and I know you guys know that Tyler was an awesome person. Mm-hmm. I said, and if you could do anything for me, it's paid forward. If you see someone going down the bad path, pull them and say, Hey, that's not where you need to be. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You know, that's not where you need to be. It and I understand like, oh. you have a website as well, longlivekingkobe.com. Org, org, sorry. It'll go the same thing. It'll go okay. Same. <laughs> oh, good. And, okay. and there's merchandise on it. Yeah, so Shane, Tyler had a lot of tattoos. He asked me for one. <laughs> and then, he just got one really big piece and then the next thing i know one day i saw him with his shirt off i was like what, what happened like 2020 he compact so because of all the tattoos he had on him he had my brother's keeper he had my name mm. he's a big kobe fan so he when kobe passed away he did the eight on his stomach ah okay. so he did so wow. Shane, started just making hoodies and shirts and stuff and using the images from the tattoos on oh, the wow. so that's nice. how the came about I'm, I'm I've been pushing Shane for him to continue putting that energy into that but it's absolutely up and because yeah. he's it's hit and miss hopefully he'll get it together and, yeah but yes, and all the money from the merchandise goes to the foundation as well yeah, yeah. Yes, well, because we started a foundation and the, fu- the funds from um, the GoFundMe because I didn't want to use that to bury him. So all the money from the GoFundMe, I took it. And that's when we started the foundation. 
Oh, wow. That's okay. awesome. And yeah. all the links to the foundation and the merch are when you go to longlivekingkobe.org. Yes. Got you. And Instagram we also have because my goal is to open a community center. Yes. And can you tell us what your hopes are? What's your vision for the community center? I want to have a space that young men can come and be there, just like how they come to my house. Mm-hmm. Be there, play basketball, hang out, video games. They can interact, look at videos. Mm-hmm. I want a space for moms, like I can have my mother, because I would ultimately like to have a meeting with moms mm-hmm. once a month mm-hmm. so that they can come and be here and and have other mothers who you can speak to because some people don't know the right language to use to a mother. Right. It's a different kind of language you use to a mother who's lost a child. Because when we get together, we go over stuff like that. We can speak to each other and you can open up and just be with someone who knows what you're going through and support them and be there for them. You know, yeah. I, I want to touch mental illness also. Mm-hmm. There's so much. And my family trusts. We have we have the members in my family who will be there to support. So well, we're looking forward to it. That's my goal. And to I'm going gonna, worldwide. I cannot wait for to so see this come. It's yeah. So yeah. Um, you, you talk about the language that y'all mothers in your position use to communicate with each other. But for those of us on the outside um, who want to be supportive and um, want to have tenderness and compassion towards people who have lost somebody in such a violent way, mm-hmm. how can we be um, how can we show kindness and support? What language should we use? Um, what what can other people on the outside do? For you. So I've been experiencing a lot since the summer started and I started venturing out a little bit and mm-hmm. being around um, friends who I've known before Thai Pass. Some of them now don't even want to come up to me because mm. we're out in a, let's say we're out at a barbecue and they don't want to bring my spirit down. So they don't want to come to me to say, hey, Sharma. You know, how are you? Or, mm-hmm. they, so they avoid me altogether. Yeah. Seriously, they avoid me altogether. But mm-hmm. just come. If you don't have anything to say, just hold my hand. Okay. Hey, just hold my hand. You know, the 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 loaded question is, how are you doing? That's a loaded question. The, the best thing for you to do is say, I'm here. Mm-hmm. I'm here. You need me? I'm here. There's also a, there's a certain stigma that happens with with family and friends of victims of violence, right? Where people, you know, they run away. They run away. It's too it's too dark, and um and that's something that regardless, you know, if her friend who whose son killed himself and killed his girlfriend, mm-hmm. that tragedy, that that horrible thing, doesn't change the fact that that mother lost her son, right? You know, yes, he he might have done that and and that's absolutely but that that's compounded Mm -hmm. with within that mother's grief you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, when Sherman did this a mother's loss healing session there are eight mothers that you had one to two degrees of separation from (laughs) these are friends or friends of friends Mm -hmm. yeah all lost kids to violence yeah you know and this is not these these are hard-working moral good mothers i mean they're nobody's they didn't do anything wrong yeah right you know and so people need to they need to get out of this this frame you know um 
mother's loss is a mother's you know loss. we were living in a absolutely brutal society yeah this, it's brutal there is yeah. no safety net for people yep this type of violence has been around america forever yeah mm-hmm. and now there's really no safety net for people Mm-hmm. People, don't, people don't have the resource. They don't have friends and family they can go to. You know, they don't have the schools that they should have. They're, things are not funded. You know, mm-hmm. rugged individualism, and it's it's absolutely brutal. And you're seeing this stuff happen more and more. And and people need to get out there and and understand that this is America, and and it needs to change. Yeah, yeah. Mm. You get in, you get into the gun stuff, and you look into the history of it, and it's just bathed in racism. Mm-hmm. That's what it is, yeah. you know, and, and, and it's a, it's a tough discussion, but there needs to be some type of almost like truth and reconciliation type commission. Yeah. yeah. Where people are looking at violence in this way and, you know, is, it shouldn't be, is this the country we want to live in? It shouldn't I be. mean, do I want mm. my kids to, to go do uh, active shooting drills in kindergarten? <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I mean, there's, there's it's... a certain, there's a, yeah. you know, I, I, I get enraged by this. By this type of stuff. I mean, yeah. you're having 18 year olds go in and buy AR 15s and, and going in and killing a bunch of people in Buffalo or. And now it's all you know, quiet. It's, you know, and then and it goes through the news cycle. And, and then, then now it's all quiet. And then people just, What's being done? What's going on with them? these parents? You know, they couldn't, yeah. even, they couldn't even pass it to change the, the, the age of wanting a gun to 21 from 18, you know? Yeah. And, and, you know, a lot of these politicians are simply getting paid off. Yeah. Paid yeah. off by the NRA. Yeah. What's happening is they're keeping the American public hostage. Mm. You know, there's. That's a good way to put it. They just, they just found it to be unconstitutional to, for to ban, mm. ban concealed weapons in New York. That's crazy. You know, wow. Like, That's that crazy. just passed in the Supreme Court. What does that, who does that benefit? Having we already are having all these shootings. We need we need more. We don't need any more. I mean, where, no. what are we yeah. talking about? You know, there's 400 million guns in the United States. Yeah, in, it's yeah. super frustrating. It, it is. is. Yeah. From DNA testing to the Dixie Mafia, Crime Capsule brings you new stories of true crime in American history. I'm your host, Benjamin Morris. Join us for exclusive interviews with authors from Arcadia Publishing, writing the hottest books on the most chilling stories of our country's past. You can find us wherever you get your favorite podcasts or on evergreenpodcasts.com. Crime Capsule. History so interesting, it's criminal. I can't imagine what you are going through, Sharma, um, and also Spencer for your work. Thank you. I'm really grateful for um, everything that y'all are are doing in the space. Um, speaking of the space, this true crime space, you know, true crime people people love. I don't know if I, if love is the word, but people are really interested in true crime mostly because they want to know what they can do to be safer. And the true crime space, there's it's it's uh, it's a spectrum. There's people who are just making jokes about everything. And then there's people who are the complete opposite. Um, We find ourselves somewhere in the middle. Um, My question to you is 
how can people like us and our listeners who appreciate true crime do so in a way that is respectful? And if there's no answer to that question, it's not a great question, but I'm just wondering <laughs> what your what your thoughts are, because, I mean, um, uh, people want to know what we can do to be better. And so I guess that's my question, better and safer. Do you have any thoughts on that, either of you? The only thing I would say is start from home. I would say start from home. Start with the way in which you raise your kids. Because let's just be realistic. Our children are basically sponges. Mm -hmm. I have a granddaughter downstairs right now. Mm -hmm. She came about right after Ty passed. She's going to be here next month. She's Mm -hmm. a sponge. She's just soaking up everything. And it's our responsibility to make sure we give her the right things to soak up so she can be a better human being. Right. You know, because right now she has four little teeth and she already <laughs> knows that those four little teeth is a weapon. <laughs> Take something from her or anything. She's yeah. trying to teeth. <laughs> when did you learn this? How did you know this? So I'm saying we have to start from home because what we instill in our kids, that's what they will go out into the world with. Mm. You know, my boys saw the way my mom raised me. My mama, I'm 53. My mom and I never had an argument. Never. Wow. Never. Wow. Never. If she says something that I don't like, I walk away. <laughs> and later on, I'd be like, mommy, really? But like blowing our argument, not talking <laughs> Other, no, that's not something how we were raised, just like my boys. And I always tell people, I have three boys, I don't get in between their arguments because when Mm. I get in, for some reason, I'm the bad guy, so I let them hash their own stuff out themselves. So, back to your question, definitely starting at home, raise your kids the right way, let them know that going out there and and having a knife on you to take someone's life Mm -hmm. because you. In every major organ in his body, and wow. you were only 18. He was only yeah. he's 18 years of age. Yeah, I'd like to say one thing. Um, okay, when I did this project, you know, Sherman works in retail. I used to go to that store before I knew her. Oh, wow. Since meeting the family, I see members of this family all over the city. <laughs> I mean, t- <laughs> no, hey, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> Constantly seeing I'm here block everywhere. <laughs> you know, uh, and so. Is that <laughs> but, you know, the glimpse that I, that I see is that these people that I would pass every day are going through this suffering, this intense trauma. And so what it's made me realize is the people you see every day, you don't know what they're going through. Mm. And so I think that if anybody can take anything that is trying to have a, a true respect of other people and compassion, because mm-hmm. you don't know if that person who might be slow ringing you up somewhere or, you know, that person anywhere just lost a family member yeah. or lost a family member 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I hope people can see from this project. And, and I hope people can just live more with because that's what it's about more. It's what we all need. Yeah. You know, we need, yeah. we need to be present and have patience and compassion with other people. Yeah. Just be yeah. kind. Yeah. Kind. yeah. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I know it's not part of that, but you mentioned your neighbor. Um, yeah. Who, are you guys, where are you guys 
located? Well, Beth is in Arizona and I'm in Georgia. I'm in Atlanta. Oh, wow. You're in, in my other half. That's his favorite place. Atlanta? Uh, I'm telling you, there is. Uh, there. What's that? I was supposed to be moving there um 2021, but wow. after Thai Pass. Yeah. But he's yeah. now he's visiting now. But because I was gonna tell you to if if you want, you can if the mom wants to call me, I can mm. give you my number. She can call me and wow. That oh my gosh. I'm I I, I I'm gonna be honest with you. I, I was looking forward to this conversation because I have not I don't know how to approach her. I'm oh. afraid I'm I'm afraid. I know I know she's not made of glass, yeah. but um, and I, when you were talking about how people would just stop talking to you, I think that's part of it. People don't know what to say. What yeah. To say. yeah. What so to say. if you wouldn't mind um, forwarding it, you can give Fine it to me now or and through Nikki. I, I would like to be able to give it to you now. You can that. jot it down. Okay. And she okay. can text me. Okay. She's ready to talk. She can give me a text. Thank you so much. She wants that's to call me. tremendously she, kind. She can call me and talk because... Honestly, I know what she's going through because I've been there and it's recent. So right now her mind is just looping. And mm -hmm. if I can help, I will love to. That is so kind help. of you. That is I am. I have blown away. Um, I uh, can you run for president? <laughs> because everything you said. <laughs> because and then Spencer could be your vice president because it sounds like you guys have a good plan to help fix everything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I would love to speak to her because I know I Thank definitely you. know what she's going through right now. Thank you I so much. Going through. So yeah. I, uh, and I've, I've got that and I will give Georgia. it. Yeah. I'm supposed to be in Georgia sometime next month. So if she texts me or call me, I'll definitely go and look for her if it's close by. Okay. That'd be, that'd be, that's just really kind. I'm going, I'm going to do that. And I'm just, I'm grateful. I hope that she will be um, yeah. too. So thank you. So, um, it has been an absolute pleasure and delight an honor to speak to y'all. Um, oh. I don't know if Kareem is gonna come. I don't know. He said I he had it. to do. He had to do a kick. Yeah, I thought he was just gonna do yeah. a kick and then a, like a quick roundhouse and then come right back. Yeah, he told me. He texted me. He's like, Auntie, I gotta do something for the dojo. I said, Okay, Spence and I got it. You could chime in. <laughs> they, they, I think they have the younger kids uh, oh. either preparing their little tricks or kicks or whatever <laughs> yeah so. I, saw, I saw he's i saw the belt and everything um yeah. and i know that i know that martial arts is part of y'all family's um yeah. story yes um, and so i thought that was really cool we at least got to see so um <laughs> one of the, the the last we close out our show with um the shout out section where we shout out content by or about marginalized or othered folks and so um in this section i'd just like to shout out your book and the foundation and the hashtag one more time, if you don't mind. So that's um, the book is long live King Kobe following the murder of Tyler Nichols, which documents one family's grief in order to shape the human faces devastated by violence. And all, all the proceeds from the book go to King or long live King Kobe foundation. And you can learn more at long live King Um, Again, we just thank you so much for your time. Um, it's a mantra. Oh, you have a mantra. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. I drop everything. Yes. We'll see. LLKK. Long live King Kobe. <laughs> All right. Love it. Love it. And is, is there a hashtag we can follow? Is it hashtag LLKK too? Yes. Okay. 
Okay. Well, uh, thank you all so much. Uh, do you have any questions for us or is there anything important that you wanted to say that you have not been able to? Just thank you. Thank you. Well, thank, thank you. you. Thank, thank you. you. I love your name, though. <laughs> Fruit <laughs> Loops. <laughs> I, know. I know. You will find out where this, this name originated from another time. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I hope to I hope to speak to you guys someday in the future, but we'll be following you and supporting you. Um, and we're just really, really grateful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank right. you so much. All right. God Bye. bless. Bye now. Bye. Bye. Oh, hey, he came back. back. Oh, maybe maybe don't stop the recording. Let's okay. Kareem. Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. you round you roundhoused on on them. Did you do a roundhouse? <laughs> That's all I know about kids. <laughs> Are we still recording? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness, life is crazy. Yeah, so as I was saying prior in the beginning, like martial arts is really what got me through a lot of the grief. And it really just like, you know, you have to put the energy somewhere positive or you could spiral down into an explosion. Mm. And it's so full circle because it's the last conversation that me and Tyler had um, before he walked out to go get the, the haircut. I said to him, Tyler, he's like, what? And I said, yo, you need to join this martial arts class, you know, and I just so I can I always just try and instill something in him. And then he looks at me, he says, come on, because all about the fundamentals and i'm like boy go. <laughs> so you know and then because i envisioned him in the class and having him there so um actually his brother shamari um started the class and his daughter rain as well so it's it's very um bittersweet to see shamari progress um in the class where you know i really wanted tyler in this so in Flatbush here, they opened up a martial arts school for the, for the area, which is really needed. Our, our children need discipline, and it's something that's not sought out in in in, our, in the culture here in the in the U.S. Mm -hmm. So the, he's disciplining a lot of these kids, and he had a, he has a performance here in the park. So I just went to go uh, jump over like six kids, okay, and break a board and come back here. Very cool. Broke a board. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Wow, no, yeah. cool. Well, we're uh, disconnected with your auntie. So you are actually Tyler's cousin, or are you uh, Tyler's brother? I am Tyler's cousin. Okay. I'm Tyler's okay. cousin. I'm so, sorry for that mistake. No, not at all. No, it's okay. Um, we actually, but the thing is, we grew up like brothers, you know, ah. and that's, that's the, um, we were talking about how close the family is. That's just, that just goes into, you know, deeper detail or, or explanation of how close we are. Um, you know, I have a picture here. I uh, know uh, we're, we're recording the, the audio, but um, if you could see here, this Aww. is me and Tyler. This is me holding Tyler. Aww. Oh, my God. Wow. Thank you so right? much and for sharing that with us. That's beautiful. It stays in my car. So yeah. and this is this is him as an adult, him and his brother. I don't know if you can see it properly. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 coming into focus. That's beautiful. Thank so, you. Yeah, I show that to to say that we're we're so close, like like brothers, even though we're cousins. You know, it's, we all grew up in the same house, so it's it's, it's like a brother brother. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. I understand that completely. Um, we before your uh, your auntie and Spencer um disconnected, we uh shouted out the book and oh, the they foundation. disconnected. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, we, we finished. Sure if you're, yeah, we, yeah. We didn't know if you're. We didn't want to take up too yeah, much of everybody's yeah. time. 
So, but, um, so that leads me to my question for you, which is, is there anything that you feel is important that you want to say that we didn't ask you about? Oh, first and foremost, like I said in the beginning, just thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to talk about Tyler and, and to talk about um, what happened. Because one thing with this, these, these type of events that I learned is that it happens and then the sun shines the next day and people are outside driving and walking where his body was just laying, you know, and just where his living their lives, yeah. were. So it's like it just goes and then the mind is left. Auntie Shama touched it, but she says we were all literally we were all and I'm still partially there. We were all living in the realm of December 23rd, 2020. Like Mm -hmm. it is, you know, people study religions and they say before Christ and after Christ, I have a life of before Thai and after Thai because Mm -hmm. this is someone that I was excited to see who he's going to become, <laughs> you know, right, such right. a handsome, tall, beautiful kid with such great characteristics. I'm excited to see the human that he becomes. So if there's anything I wanted to say is basically, um, the you know, the main thing I learned about this whole situation from this whole situation is that life is happening now. It is, it is, you have to increase your awareness of uh, and perspective of the life that you're living right now. It is a miraculous, universal, and uh, who can put words on it? And mm. to increase one's awareness and make sure that you're not only aware of your existence, but the people that are around you. When you keep in perspective that you could not finish the day and your pe- the people around you could not finish the day. Uh, even though we have this confidence that we're living and I'll see you tomorrow, I'll see you next week, you have no clue about the next hour, five minutes, 10 minutes, one second. So uh, what I'm trying to convey is the sensitivity to our existence. Mm-hmm. Be present, exist, and honor the people that are around you, that actually those, those spirits that fulfill you and, and, and talk light into you. Don't take anything like that for granted because they can be taken and you can be taken like this. This happened to us in 22 seconds and he yeah. was gone. Yeah. So, oh, wow. Wow. Your clarity, your level of profoundness in, in the face of something so difficult and um, tragic and devastating is remarkable to me. Um, did I already say resilience? I don't know, but that <laughs> applies. Um, and I just think it's amazing. And I, I just am really grateful that y'all, um, you um, were willing and able to tell us your story, what happened to you and what happened to your family and what happened to Tyler. Um, and we're just really, really grateful. I can't think of anything else to say or ask. Just thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Likewise, and thank you, thank the both of you so much. And and honestly, uh, we have these interviews, you know, uh, over and over and over again. So it's a, uh, it's we have to go into a place when we're ha- having this conversation. But I always analyze the humans that I'm talking to when I'm releasing this very sensitive information, and um, I find that the both of you exude very just humanistic characteristics, <laughs> where I feel like I'm talking to families. So just know. That because I'm having these conversations with you, I see the both of you as as family. So thank you thank for you. caring. Thank, thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's an honor to be here. So thank you for caring. Thank you for listening and and um and giving us the opportunity. Thank oh you. Thank, thank you so you. much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Pleasure is all ours. Um, have a good rest of your day and 
um, weekend, you know, high kicks everywhere. Um, <laughs> and uh breaking boards keep doing that um and we just wish the foundation and your family like the best of luck like yeah we'll be watching we'll be sending people to the website and to yep. the insta and everything so that our listeners can support too so thank yeah. you thank you thank you all right thank well you thank, thank you so, so much cream take care bye take now care. thank bye. you for now for now yeah for, for now. now yeah for now <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys hear about that couple that went on vacation and one spouse murdered the other? In fact, the entire vacation was planned just so that they could make the murder look like an accident. Ah, so like a slaycation. Oh boy, sounds like a fun new true crime podcast to me. On every episode of Slaycation, we'll examine true cases of people who were killed while on vacation. Was it murder? Or just a horrible accident. That's up to you and the law to decide. But either way, if you leave for your vacation in the plane and come home under the plane, you've definitely gone on a slaycation. Join us every week for a fascinating new episode. 911, what's your emergency? But make sure to pack your body bags because getting away can be murder. This is Slaycation. Three AM, the comedy horror podcast that holds weekly gatherings around the campfire. Let me tell you what you're going to get. You're going to hear stories about demonic possessions, prison stabbings, skinwalkers, glitches in the Matrix, cult leaders, missing four one one, night marchers, Operation Paperclip, Mesopotamian devil worship, and so many monsters it'll give Kanye West a runaway for his money. Pop and meme culture also aren't off topic. A camp where laughs and scares are constantly competing for first place. We're just a group of friends trying to bust each other's balls, find the best stories, and expand the circle in the process. 3AM, the comedy horror podcast, not for the faint or fragile of heart. Let's go.